being comfortable. I realize I'm very, very, very curious as to, to how comfortable people are in their in their day to day lives, or I I notice it more than your average person. I seem to just always be very aware when people are uncomfortable, and I can't help but notice just how uncomfortable everyone has become. <laughs> and usually, it's like at the root of everything, just sort of the root of everything, just reason everyone does everything just seems to be determined by their level of comfort or indeed discomfort just back from uh just back from work there the old uh debate workshop well it's not a debate it was a debate workshop and actually it was a mock debate workshop which means we just had to put on we had to get the children to do like debates which we do before but like this time it wasn't it was only it wasn't it was only a pretend debate this time like to kind of better prep them for when the big serious debate happens which will be like in a couple of weeks time and you know it'll be you know i've talked about this ad nauseum and you know there's no reason to go into the absurdities of like trying to get the children to debate it's of course okay for them to be uncomfortable when we force them to debate each other in english like you know and use academic references like that's that's a hundred percent okay, and I don't I don't say I don't accept their discomfort, but uh, you know it's all perfectly understandable. I'm more interested in like just con just my constant observations of Paul Defoney. Just just like saying, why is this? It's just like this. The monologue is just like it's just hours of me going. Oh, did you hear that? Did you hear what you just said there? Oh, look at the way. Oh, I hate his laugh. I hate how he laughs. His laugh is so fake. He's such a fake. He's like, Shut up. Shut up. It's just me doing that in my head the whole time. Where I'm just like, you know, wearing my, well, shirt and tie. And I'm, you know, sitting with my kind of legs folded in the armchair being a, a debate judge. And, like, all that's really happening is I'm just like, the monologue is just going nuts with this Paul the Phony lad. And I'm thankful for that. You know, I mean, thankfully, I have Paul Defoni there to keep me entertained. Just because I think I would go insane with boredom. Well, there are, like, you know, hilarious moments of absurdity, of course, provided by the children. But just uh, the entertainment that Paul Defoni gives me, I think, I think is something I need to express gratitude towards. Here's how Paul Defoni laughs. He goes, he goes, he goes. Because <laughs> he kind of... He realizes that, like, no one else is laughing, and what he's laughing at isn't actually that funny. And you know, the children are all just on their phones anyway. <laughs> but I do enjoy that. I do, do enjoy those David Brent moments where he's just like, oh, he just provides me with so many of them. <laughs> Tell me today that I used to I used to live in China, and uh, used to uh, used to uh, he's a YouTuber, Paul Defoni. Don't know if you've ever been on Paul Defoni's YouTube channel, but. Because, of course, he's a YouTuber, that's, and, uh, yeah, man, I used to make some pretty good money, you know, I was like, make $1,000, $2,000 a month, you know, just from YouTube. Like, on top of my, my, my job, I'm just like, if I just met you, if I just met you in a bar and you told me that, I would just believe you and take your word for it. But I happen to know, you're a fucking phony, and I can't believe anything you say, you fucking phony. <laughs> <laughs> and so forth. It just it's like and you know, 
it's just it never ends. Like I've thought, I don't need to go into this again. You're not, I'm not, I'm not I'm down a rabbit hole with Paul Lafoni again, and I didn't mean to do that. Really, you used to take in two thousand dollars a month from your YouTube videos, and you just decided to just discontinue that life working like working here for like six hours a week on you know not great money like you i don't know anyway he moved on to start talking about his drone of course because obviously paul lafoni owns a drone because that's just what it's entry level stuff if you're gonna be a fucking paul lafoni type character my point is that it's all just predicated in discomfort. Paul Defoe, like, served in, you know, Afghanistan. And, you know, probably he fucking saw his best friend's fucking leg blown off in an improvised explosive. I don't know. I don't know. He probably saw some horrific things over in Afghanistan. And this is the result of that. You know, 20 years later, I have to deal with this. And, you know, discomfort is at the heart of that, I suppose, and, and trauma, I suppose, just war trauma, PTSD, yeah, there's loads going on with that guy, tell you who probably doesn't have PTSD, or, you know, war-related traumatic experiences, is like, you know, this young woman who I saw downstairs a few minutes ago, who was, like, delivering a package to, you know, some other woman who lives in the building, and, uh, I couldn't help but notice, like, only a brief interaction. And, uh, again, like, I just, like, I think I'm always just fascinated with people and how people interact with each other and the words people use and the language people use. I think that's just my personality. Whereas other people, like, you know, I don't know what motorbike she was driving, for example. Like, other people would notice motorbikes, for example, or, you know, cars, brands and stuff or you know the someone's parked where they shouldn't be parked or you know oh they collected the bins this afternoon like other people notice that shit and i just like all i really care about in this world is people and sport and music people and sport and music that's pretty much that's okay to be fair you know obviously don't give a fuck about drones and like things i really care about things and i'm not very observant like at all and it's usually because I'm just zoned in on, like, how people... Like, obviously, to get to the point, she was, like, an attractive young lady. And she was, like, you know, giving this parcel to someone. And they were having some sort of conversation. And I just couldn't help but notice how uncomfortable she looked. Just, like... <laughs> just, like, kind of, like, you know, very slight, you know. You know, wearing a helmet and a face mask and trying to say words... Now, maybe she's trying to say, no, I think they're both Vietnamese, but it's just like, I can't help but notice how uncomfortable you are. And, you know, you're probably a young woman in her early 20s. And, you know, I do, to be honest, really want to have a good look at you. And you're just not letting me do that. Which, you know, I suppose that's your decision. But, like, at what cost? Like, and in case you haven't guessed where I'm going with this, I mean, once you get people off their phones... There's just like, <laughs> they're just like, <laughs> sorry, I know, but like it is, I can't get over it. Like, the, like, I really do worry for people going forward and just their ability to interact with each other because they're just so like absorbed by their phones. I, like, I really think that people are not engaging with each other anymore. 
because they're just chronically hooked on their phones. Just came out of the shop there earlier and I was just like looking around and I was looking at my bike or something and I was like, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a person on her phone. There's a couple of guys walking down the street not talking to each other, both on their phones. There's a guy driving straight at me on his phone. It's just, just so, so odd. It's just, and I think the, uh, the upshot of it is that people are just, when it comes to having just normal interactions that humans have been having for thousands and thousands of years, people are just not able to do that in the same way anymore. People don't remember, like, like we're, we're getting into this generation of people, we're probably well into it now, who don't, they don't remember a time of not having a phone. So, like, I see, like, you know, like everyone's got their phone in their hand all the time. And, like, people don't just kind of let, just, you know, melancholy... People can't handle melancholy. I quite like to think I embrace melancholy. I was having a good morning, then I had my lunch, and then I was like, in a very kind of waiting for God moment, I was like, okay. All right. What's next? Hmm, I did all the things I was supposed to do, and now I'm just. Yeah. That's okay. That's a normal human condition. I didn't just immediately reach for my phone. Caught myself embarrassed the other day, which uh, I kind of have had this belief recently that I don't get embarrassed anymore. But uh, it turns out that's not true because I <laughs> got really embarrassed the other day. I was like, uh, I have this class I teach at 8 a.m. on Wednesday mornings where I go into basically a bank and I just like teach these adults English for one hour. And it's a nice little number and they're, you know, grown adults who work 10 hour days, but then like come in like an hour early just to learn English with teacher Casey, the point is, they want to be there, they're adults, and they just like, you know, they love Casey, because, you know, everyone fucking loves Casey. Anyway, I'm usually pretty good at names, and I, not that I believe that you can just be pretty good at names, I usually, I rephrase that, I uh, usually try pretty hard with people's names. In Vietnam, there are very limited amount of names, I would say there are about, like, <laughs> I think I've joked about this before. It probably it feels like there are only like twenty or thirty names. Like men and women pretty much have the exact same names. For the most part, men and women have the same names. But that's not an exaggeration. Like everyone is named Hugh or Son or Lynn or Tam or Quinn or Quinn Ann or Hien or Hui. Just like it's all the same names over and over again. Well, maybe it's the same for all countries. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, what's my point? My point is this. I uh, don't really know these guys' names that well because I only see them for one hour on a Wednesday morning and sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not there and I'm not there every Wednesday. Sometimes they're late and I just put them in their groups. I kind of, I know some of their names but I don't know most of their names. And uh, one of them pulled me up on it recently. She was like, do you know our names? I was like, yeah, I know, I don't assume your names. She goes, what's my name? I was like, uh, because, yeah, there's like, there's two or three women who look really similar, and there's like two or three women who don't look really similar, but have really similar names. There's a Hung, Hang, and a Hung, and then there's like a Cook and a Tam who look really similar, but don't, anyway, my point is I got confused, and I was like, I was like, uh, you're, you're Hung? She goes, no. I was like, hung, hung. She goes, no. What, what's her name? What's her name? Puts her friend beside her. I was like, oh yeah, I know this. That's your, your cook, cook. They're like, no. 
I was like, no, it's, I do know some of your names. I was like, this is Son and this is Hugh. And uh, I was right. There was only two men there and they were named Son and Hugh. And then the rest were girls. One of the girls goes, oh, you only remember the boys' names. And I was like, N- no. Well, I, 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 I usually... I, <laughs> and I just like... I felt my face going pretty red. <laughs> Which, uh, oh, I haven't had that happen in a long time. And then I just like, usually, yeah, I, to be honest, I just laugh then because I just, I always think embarrassment's funny. I think Mono trained me to just like, if someone's embarrassed, it's probably the funniest thing in the world. But you kind of have to include yourself in that as well. It's like, you know, oh, I am actually really embarrassed. I'm completely caught out here and I'm on the spot and I'm just not known any of your names. And I've had you guys for like a year and that's kind of bad, to be fair. <laughs> and I pride myself on knowing people's names. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a situation where I got uncomfortable. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. For the most part, I'm very rarely uncomfortable, like, but that's probably from just, like, being a man in the world. F- fucking love being a man in the world, you know that, like, like, I was thinking again about that, like, young lady with her, just, like, just showing her nice little shoulders, like, wearing her face mask and her helmet and just, like, like, looking really uncomfortable and kind of giggling and stuff. <laughs> Don't really get women like that back in Ireland, to be fair. <laughs> But I was like, do you know what? I'm really glad I'm not her. Like, really glad I can just fucking just walk into fucking any bar and just, you know, sit down and fucking ask anyone who's won a game of pool and fucking check out the music and fucking have a chat with some lad beside me. I just love being that. It's a really good way to be. And it's not lost on me. Even on stage, like, I have moments of discomfort on stage. Completely drew a blank with uh, R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion there recently. And I just, like, embarrassment, like, isn't the word, but it's just, like, I just, it's like, oh, fuck, what's this? And then I just immediately think it's funny that I can't remember the lyrics. And the band are just looking at me going, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, uh, wait a minute, where are we? Uh, uh, thought that I heard you laughing. Yeah, okay, I have it, yeah. <laughs> but it's not embarrassment. Like, even when I'm uncomfortable, I'm still pretty comfortable, like. Did the, like, the countdown to New Year's Eve. And, uh, I did the countdown and the Happy New Year and all that bullshit. And, uh, and then everyone was kind of like, looking at me. And I'm like, I think I need to, I think I need to sing Auld Lang Syne. How's that go? I'm like, I don't really know this. And I don't know the words. And I don't know the melody. So I'm kind of like, sure, just just try it. <laughs> just fucking do it. Yeah. Should old acquaintance be forgot? Yeah, that note I don't know. But too much. Is that the note? I don't know. Just like, the point is I just fucking sang it and like fucking got through it. And, you know pretty like uncomfortable situation but like fuck it it doesn't matter no one notices no one cares <laughs> and i do love that i've got to that level that i can just like there was alcohol involved as well obviously it was fucking midnight new year's eve like but 
just nice being that comfortable just in your own skin.